Why do you send a missionary all the way to Brazil? Anybody know? You just send your offering, then that, that's good. Then they'll, they'll figure it out. I know you know the answer to that question. Someone tell me. Spread the gospel. To preach the gospel. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. And in our closing moments tonight, we're going to look at some verses that's going to give us a guideline for what a missionary should do. Check to see if your missionaries that your church supports is doing what the Word of God tells us to do. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Well, when Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus here, it was important the ministry of the apostles and the prophets, which have now ceased. But the evangelists and pastors and teachers continue on to this day. And so an evangelist is someone who preaches the gospel to those who are lost, who need to hear the plan of salvation. And so many people will see that that's a missionary too, an evangelist, someone taking the gospel to those who are lost. And that is a very important part of our ministry. In fact, the next verse says, for the perfecting of the saints. When you have saints, that means that someone got saved. They have accepted Christ as their Savior. So the evangelist is important. And that is the beginning work of any missionary going to a new place just to preach the gospel, to see souls saved. And then what's next? What happens after someone gets saved? What do you tell them? Discipleship. Where is that going to take place? Where do they need to come every Sunday? They need to come to church. So you tell them to go to church. But what if there is no church? You're in a foreign mission land. They've come to know Christ as their Savior. But Grace Baptist Church is not down the road. Or whatever other church is around in the, in the areas. And so, as someone gets saved, another one gets saved, and we have Bible studies, and we begin the nucleus of seeing a church established. And now we have the beginnings of a church. So where's that church going to meet? Well, maybe the missionary's home. And we trust that that would outgrow very, very quickly. And then maybe a rented building or some kind of a building. And all of a sudden, we find out that the, that the evangelist missionary is not just an evangelist, but also a pastor, teacher, to disciple them to teach them the Word of God, to begin that church. And then all of a sudden we are in a building program because we need to have a place for that church to meet. So the missionary is not only the pastor and the teacher and the evangelist, but then he becomes the, uh, the foreman on the construction uh, site to make sure everything is going right. I was not in construction before I became a missionary, but I soon figured out that... Uh, I needed to be in charge. I needed to find out, make sure they were doing it the right way. We do hire some people to do work, have work done. But first of all, that, that design of the building, I became an architect as well. You get to do all kinds of things when you're a missionary. And I think I drew probably 50 different designs of our church building, sometimes on, on a napkin at the restaurant and other places. We'd look at a, a piece of land 
and then that land would fall through. But, you know, I already had a building drawn out for that land and then see another place. And when, when the land actually came to a place where we purchased the land and then get serious about that building and another job as a missionary continues in, in the building program. But all the time, what's going on? The evangelism, the pastor-teacher teaching, and to see that build up. Everything with a goal for the next verse. What does it say? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry of the body of Christ. Perfecting of the saints is an interesting phrase. Because that word there, perfecting, is used another time in the Bible that will help us to understand a little bit what this is saying. And it's not translated with the same word, English word in the other passage, but it's the same Greek word. Go back to Matthew chapter 4 in your mind and remember when Jesus was calling his first disciples, Peter and Andrew, and then there were James and John. What were James and John doing? They were not fishing. What were they doing? They were mending their nets so they could fish. <laughs> you had the right idea. They were going to get there. But they were mending their nets. The word mending in that passage is the same word we have here for the perfecting of the saints. So we could say for the mending of the saints. Why do the saints need to be mended? Yeah, they're broken. <laughs> the nets were needed to be mended. They needed to be prepared so they could go out and catch those fish. Just like our lives need to be prepared to minister. And so as we teach the people and help them get perfected, mended in their lives. That's why you're here Sunday morning and Sunday night and midweek service so that you can be better prepared for the ministry because we need to get fixed. We're sorry, rotten sinners saved by grace. But we need to have those messages in our hearts, hear them being preached so that we can be ready for the next phrase in this verse, for the work of the ministry. You know what that word work means? It means W-O-R-K. And there's no other secret about it. Plain and simple. Good, hard work. The ministry is work. Now my question for you is, how much work are you doing in the ministry? How much work are you putting into the ministry? You know what effort it is to put work into your, your work throughout the week to sustain your family, and that is important. But then the work for the ministry, Paul says it's, it's the same word. We need to work at it. We all need to be busy actually putting some effort into the ministry. Glad to hear that the teens were out on Saturday and the colleges are going out next Saturday. And, and that, that's a ministry and there are myriads of, of ministries that are available to you in this church as you do the work of the ministry. But, but how much work are you doing? Or you all leave it for Pastor St. Lawrence to do. He's very capable, I know. But he can't do it all. And you know that. It's the work of the ministry that we need to be involved in for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let's drop, drop down to verse 14 here. Because there's something I want you to see here. If we're not busy in the work of the ministry and watching, making sure we're doing what God has for us to do in the ministry, it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men 
and cunning craftiness. I want to stop there because that cunning craftiness comes from someone who is here in, a, in the midst of a church that wants to do God's work. And you know who it is. Satan. The devil. I like, I like to say to our people in Brazil, I like to call him by name, Satan. Because you know what? They don't like to mention his name. It took us a while to figure this out. But we notice that they would call him the enemy. They might call him the wicked one, but they didn't call him Satan. The devil. And I believe it's something from the culture where if they, if they say his name, then he'll come and attack him. Well, surprise, he's going to get attacked whether you say his name or not. But Satan is there. And he's working. And you know how he works in your midst. You know, we have a, uh, Satan working in our church every week. <laughs> and sometimes we come to church or we go home from church think, uh, huh, another little problem. <laughs> Another little area where Satan's had a, tried to get his, hit his foot in. We have one, you know, here we're talking about the children to not be tossed to and fro, carried about, but that they'd be, they'd be sound in the doctrine. But you know what? Satan goes after those as well. We have a deacon in our church who this last year, he told me, Pastor, I can't, I can't run on the ballot to be a deacon this year. I have to get my family in order first. Well, we've been working with him. And this deacon happened to be one of the most mature Christians in our church. We actually had invited this family from First Baptist Church to come and help us with construction. And he liked to, to work on those things with me. A great help in the ministry. His kids were always there. Uh, his son was one of those that was just always in the Christmas programs and part of the youth group. Until... Nicholas turned 17. And I don't, I don't think it was the age, but uh, when Nicholas turned 17, he figured out that there are girls in this world before he could care less. And we thought he'd probably never care less. He really loved being with his dad and working with him in the mechanic shop. And uh, all of a sudden, his focus became this narrow. And all the things he'd been doing before, all the things he was involved in at church were left behind as he focused his life on his new girlfriend. Well, we had told him and we had told his parents, uh, and his dad was trying to do the same thing as we were, put the brakes on. It was a Christian girl, well, woman. She was 21, he was 17. Four years at some times in life, stage in life, doesn't make any difference. But at that time, he hadn't even graduated from high school. She's ready to get married. Put the brakes on. But all he could see was his relationship with that girl. I'm not here to talk about that problem. Another problem arose in this family because of it. Mom and dad weren't on the same page. Dad wanted the brakes put on. Mom wanted to put the gas pedal on. Or at least... Encourage it. And so we had a mom and dad that were in agreement. Yeah, now I don't have to tell you what happens when mom and dad don't agree. But it didn't only cause a problem in their family. It now causes a problem in the church. Because one Sunday morning, guess what? There's a family fight. Just that time when it's time to go to church. Nobody came to church. The mom teaches Sunday school class, so there was no Sunday school teacher for the juniors. 
the dad, he was sometimes teaching Sunday school class, a new members class sometimes. He wasn't there. The two kids weren't in church. And now we have a church problem. How can this happen with our most uh, grounded family in the church? The cunning craftiness of Satan. And so we need to be watching out for it in our own lives. You need to help us by praying that those new converts and those new people that have gotten saved, even those that have been saved for a good number of years, have become leadership of our church, that Satan won't get in and just mix everything up and destroy the work that is being done. They're still in church. They're still, they're, they're still working through their problems. But the cunning crafting of Satan has taken its toll on that family. Verse 16 concludes the thoughts about this. From whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. What I see here is a box of gears. All those gears turning around. And what happens when one of those gears just stops? You've got a problem, not only with that gear, with the whole set. The verse says, the whole body fitly joined together. Everything working together. That is the goal of our church. To see everybody, remember that verse says, the work of the ministry? Everybody involved and everyone doing their part and not throwing something in the middle of the gears to make it stop. Because then we've got to stop everything and get that gear fixed so that we can move on. And what do we have then at the end of the verse? For the increase of the body. But it comes from that work of the ministry. Everybody doing their part. Are you helping this church grow? Are you a part of the ministry? That's what we want to see in our church in Brazil. That the people are involved. That they are growing. That they are not tossed to and fro. But that, that it can all work together. We see the increase of the body. And sometimes we don't see the increase of the body because we need to work on the gears a little bit. So I trust that you're willing to have your gear all oiled and ready to work and be a part of the ministry. You see, as you minister here in Sheraton, and of course with your mission support, help our ministry in Brazil and maintain our ministry there, now we see a bigger picture. Not just the working of your church here, but as you get to see the, the big picture of the of the whole world and see it's working together to see things increase the body of Christ. We're thankful for your part, but what can we do more? What more can we do? Can we see other things that we can be involved to actually put some effort into it? Sometimes we get to the status quo. This is one of the problems we've had this last this last term, we kind of got to a status quo in our church. Got to about 50 people coming. It was a good group. We had good unity. There was a problem here or there, and we take care of the problem, and we go on. But to, to push on to the, to the, next, to the next level and, and to see a little bit more growth in our church members and not just standing still. How much effort are we putting into the ministry?
So that's not just for the pastors and for the missionaries, but for every one of us. Work of the ministry. So that we can see our work finished there at Igreja Batista Nova Esperança, New Hope Baptist Church, to see a new work begun. I don't have a timetable for that. But as we, as we finish up our construction and, and to see that work grow and then move on to where the Lord would have us next and in our music ministry and all these things that they come together to see the increase take place that we see here in this verse under the edifying of itself in love. As we go back, we'd like you to pray for a few things. We've been gone now for five or six months. And so as we get back into the ministry, we don't want to just take away of things that people are, have learned to do while we're gone. And this is one of the great things of furlough. They get to get their feet wet to, to see how it goes on their own. And we'll go back and, and to work on some other areas. So pray that we would, would have wisdom in working back into the ministry, that those wheels would keep turning and we would just be able to get those wheels going, our, our wheels going in there with the church as well. And then as we get back there and do the construction, we need about $50,000 to finish our downstairs. We have 5000 in the bank. And I think we probably have uh, another, uh, another amount to come up to about $15,000 uh, with another perhaps a promise of a gift that might be coming. And, and with our church giving a little bit, that leaves about 35000 to finish. Now that's... Uh, a lot of money for our Brazilians. It's a lot of money for anybody. But we know that the Lord has those funds as we need to be able to finish that and to be able to have those classrooms down there even in the winter months. We're going to go back to winter. So pray for us. We go from winter to winter. <laughs> Say, it doesn't get cold in Brazil, does it? It gets down to freezing. And we don't have a furnace at church. So you come to our, our church in the winter just think of having church in your machine shed without any heat. So you pray for us. <laughs> We're used to that. We dress appropriately when we go to church. But pray that we can see our church take off and get to fruition to be able to move on to another ministry as well. We thank you so much for your faithfulness in praying for us and for uh, being a part of our ministry. And we trust that our time here tonight and seeing the DVD as well will help you to picture better how to pray for the Van Lowe's, how to pray for our ministry, because your prayers are the source that goes against that cunning craftiness of Satan and, and gives us the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the ministry that you have given to us together with Grace Baptist Church. We thank you for the opportunity that we've had to be uh, the ones to go but I pray tonight that if there be one here that young people, young adults, children that are beginning to see the burden to take the Word of God to others, they begin doing that now, but set their eyes and their goals and their life also on even their life to missions. Because we know there are so few that really have that desire now to take the gospel to others. So I pray that as you work in hearts, be ready to yield and give our hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.